Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Jan and Dean Meet Batman from 1966. Jan Barry met Dean Torrance in 1958 when the two were students at University High School in Los Angeles. While they were both playing on the school's football team, Jan would lead a group of football players, which included actor James Brolin, to sing harmonies in the shower. Here's Dean Torrance on VH1's Behind the Music talking about those early days. We had about eight or ten guys all singing this doo-wop song. And um, I'm sure the little light bulb went off in Jan's head that, that, you know, we could maybe take this outside of the locker, the locker room someday. Their singing with their teammates led to the formation of a doo-wop group called the Barons, which at times included future beach boy Bruce Johnston and drummer Sandy Nelson. The Barons didn't last long. But Jan and Dean continued singing and even started recording in Jan's garage, where they had a pair of reel-to-reel tape machines. They started trying to make records to impress girls. But then there was a moment where Jan and Dean became Jan and Arnie. Arnie Ginsberg was another classmate that had played with them in the Barrens. One day he showed up in their garage with an idea for a song about a stripper named Jenny Lee. Before they could finish recording the song, Dean was called into the Army Reserve for six months. Then it was just Jan and Arnie left to record the vocals. They took the recording to have it transferred to acetate, and the head of Arwen Records, Joe Lubin, heard the song and thought there was potential. Lubin kept their vocals, overdubbed a band, and Jenny Lee was released as a single in April of 1958. Credited to Jan and Arnie. Jenny Lee ended up going to number eight on Billboard while Dean was away in the Army. By the fall of 1958, after a few failed attempts at follow-ups, Arnie left the group to study architecture and design at USC. Re-enter Dean. The timing was perfect. His time in the Army had just ended. Jan asked him to sing with him again, and he said yes. They started working with producers Herb Alpert and Lou Adler. In May of 1959, Jan and Dean had their first top 10 hit, Baby Talk. While having success on the charts, Jan and Dean were also going to college. Jan was in med school at UCLA, and Dean was studying architecture at USC. In a 2018 interview with the Naples Daily News, Dean said, We were full-time college students. We didn't want to continue in music. In theory, we were both in schools planning for the rest of our lives.
1963, Jan and Dean's sound started changing after becoming friends and collaborators with the Beach Boys. Here's Brian Wilson from the Jan and Dean behind the music. I met him uh, in a recording studio with my friend Lou Adler, uh, and uh, got his phone number, and he got my phone number. We started writing songs, surf songs together. Jan and I wrote Surf City together, which went to number one. When Surf City reached number one in July of 1963, it was the first ever surf song to do so. Jan and Dean would go on to have a dozen top ten hits between 1963 and 1966. And in January of 1966, something else big was happening. On television. Batman premiered on ABC on January 12, 1966. It was a television adaptation of the comic book character that first appeared in the 1939 issue of Detective Comics. Other than a pair of theatrical serials in the 40s, this would be Batman's only on-screen appearance at that point, and his first appearance ever on television screens. 20th Century Fox produced the show for ABC, and Fox had named William Dozier as the executive producer. The only problem was that Dozier had never actually read any comic books. After eventually reading several Batman comics for research, he had an idea of how the show could work. Here's Dozier on Telescope with Fletcher Markle in 1966. Make it so square and so serious and so cliche-ridden and so overdone, and yet do it with a certain elegance and style that it would be funny, that it would be so corny and so bad that it would be funny. Uh, that appealed to me, and I then began to enjoy it. By the way, Dozier would also end up being the narrator of the Batman series. The role of Batman went to Adam West, and Burt Ward would play Robin. The show was a huge success immediately. Though Batman had been a popular comic book character for over 25 years at that point, the TV series introduced Batman to the masses, in 1966, nothing was hotter than Batman. Week after week, the Cape Crusader copes with the tricky traps of vicious villains. Will the time arrive when the Cape crime fighters come too close to the jaws of death? Holy metronome! What a fate! Punch the player piano roll! Watch Batman in color on ABC. Want more Bizarre Albums? Sign up at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums for weekly bonus episodes of the new spinoff, Bizarre Singles, focusing on singles, not albums. That's patreon.com slash bizarrealbums for bonus episodes and more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back in the music world, the biggest bands of the era were starting to make more ambitious records. The Beatles were about to release Revolver, the Beach Boys were about to release Pet Sounds, and Jan and Dean decided to make a music and comedy concept album about Batman. Apparently, Jan and Dean had a hunch about the Batman TV show before it even aired. According to a 2010 interview with Patrick Prince for Goldmine Magazine, Dean Torrance said the following, As I remember, we were kind of privy to that Screen Gems had Batman in the works. We found out what the show was going to be like. We were told that the concept was slapstick. We recognized, even without seeing it, that it would be right up our alley. It's something that we would have done had Jan and I been television producers. Since we were just musicians, we thought we could do at least the musical entity of Batman since we had the feeling that no one else would do it. Knowing the music industry, they would put out a soundtrack with just the different instrumental themes. It was more or less something that we were pretty sure that we were going to appreciate. It's obviously comedy, slapstick, and it's obviously pop art. We could see that whole pop art thing coming, and we figured, let's be a part of that. So in March of 1966, Jan and Dean Meet Batman was released on Liberty Records. Holy ravioli! The album's combination of music and comedy is considered to be one of rock and roll's first concept albums. The album starts off with a song simply called Batman. An original Jan Berry composition along with frequent collaborator Don Altfeld combined that with a take on Neil Hefty's Batman TV theme song. The fact that it contains hints of that theme song seemed to me to conflict a bit with Dean's statements about working on the record before the show was even out. But anyways, the song was released as a single, but peaked at only number 66. He's known as Bruce Wayne by day, wealthy socialite. In dress, he finds crime by night. Yeah, it's Batman and Robin, boy wonder at his side. Hey now, Riddler, Penguin, Joker, better go and hide. We need the Batman. We need the Batman. After that, we go into the first comedy bit. And that's where things get a little bit confusing. Instead of meeting Batman and Robin, we get a track called the origin of Captain Jan and Dean the Boy Blunder. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. Unknowingly, Henry Decibel, their time-trusted friend, and rambunctious recording engineer accidentally crosses two wires and twists the wrong dial. Lo and behold, emerging from the mysteriously colored cloud of smoke and gases is a sweet little old lady. Holy senior citizen. in a long, organdy dress with high-button shoes. Hi, honeys. Hi, Henry. Well, boys, I've waited a long time for this. Have a cookie. I need your help. The little old lady tells them that she needs their help in the war against those who jeopardize justice. So she granted them their secret superhero identities, and to turn into those secret identities, all they have to do is sing her name. It's the little Apparently what happened was, the future DC Comics, was then called National Periodical Publications, gave Jan and Dean permission to record the Batman music. After they recorded the album, they found out they could only use the Batman character names for the music and not for the comedy bits. So on an album called Jan and Dean Meet Batman, they could sing about Batman, but they couldn't speak about him. Legend has it that they literally had to trash those tapes and someone snuck those original tapes out of a dumpster. You can find those original recordings posted on YouTube. 
I'll post the link on the show's Twitter feed, at Bizarre Albums, so make sure you're following there. And also like Facebook.com slash Bizarre Albums, and I'll post it on Facebook as well. Quiet pervades Gotham City on an early Sunday morning as wealthy socialite Bruce Wayne and his young ward Dick Grayson are relaxing at the Wayne Estate. Gee, Bruce, why can't I have the funnies? You always get the funnies first. It's important for you, Dick, to first acquaint yourself with the world situation. Uh-huh. Then you should read the funnies afterwards for your entertainment. Holy peace treaty, you're right, Bruce. Jill Gibson was another frequent collaborator with Jan and Dean. At the time, she and Jan had been dating for seven years, but by the time the record was released, they'd broken up. Later that year, Gibson would briefly become a member of the Mamas and the Papas when Michelle Phillips was fired. For Jan and Dean Meet Batman, Gibson sang backing vocals and also co-wrote Robin the Boy Wonder. He goes to school by day, he fights crime by night. The backing band on the album was the legendary Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew was a collective of L.A. musicians who played on thousands of recordings throughout the 60s and 70s. They started out as Phil Spector's house band, helping him realize his famous wall of sound production style. In 2008, a documentary about the Wrecking Crew was released, simply called The Wrecking Crew. On the film's official Facebook page, there's a 2013 post about Jan and Dean meet Batman. The post read, Batman featured one hit single and two strong album cuts co-written by Jan Barry, two Wrecking Crew instrumentals, and seven tracks of comedy sketches penned by members of Barry's inner circle. Recorded as a groundbreaking comedy concept LP, arranged by Jan Barry and George Tipton, one of those instrumentals was Mr. Freeze. The other Wrecking Crew instrumental, instrumental if you don't count them singing Batman over and over, was a version of the Batman theme song written by Neil Hefty. Hefty was a jazz trumpeter known for his arrangements for Buddy Rich and Count Basie. There are more sketches than songs on the album, and all with Captain Jan and Dean the Boy Blunder. And instead of taking place in Gotham City, this takes place in Surf City. Instead of the dynamic duo, we have the Titanic twosome. The Riddler and the Joker have been replaced by the Garbage Man and the Fireman. But the Joker still got a song. The Joker is Wild. With his sardonic smile, he schemes in the night, plotting an evil and treacherous plight. Even though America had Batmania, the album ended up being Jan and Dean's first album since 1963 to not chart. 
and it would be their last album before everything changed. Only a month after the album's release, Jan Barry suffered severe head injuries in a car accident on Whittier Drive in West Hollywood, a short distance from a spot called Dead Man's Curve, which Jan and Dean had sung about just two years earlier. Jan would be in a coma for the next two months. He eventually recovered from brain damage and partial paralysis. With limited use of his right hand, he had to learn to write with his left. He even had to learn how to walk again. Miraculously, almost exactly one year after his accident, Jan returned to the recording studio, almost as if he'd summoned his superhero powers of Captain Jan. Oh, and there was one more song I left out on Jan and Dean Meet Batman, Flight of the Batmobile. Flight of the Batmobile was written by George Tipton, who also wrote the Mr. Freeze instrumental and co-arranged a lot of the album along with Jan Barry. Tipton would go on to write TV theme songs for other shows like Soap and Empty Nest. He's possibly best known for his arrangements that he did with Harry Nilsson. But he also did some arrangements for a few albums by someone else who had a television show that debuted in 1966, Leonard Nimoy. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums.